0: I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of God, for the people of God. This is one of those Sundays when I am sorely tempted after the messages that the children shared with us and the ways in which they modeled God's love during the children's time. And after that song from Naomi, I'm sorely tempted just to say amen. Everything that we need to do this morning has already been done by the children and the young people of the church. But I happen to know that we need to buy the kids some time to set up those cereal boxes down at the gym. And so you're going to get a sermon after all this morning. I want to share with you a story about something that, uh, that my wife Jen and I experienced a few years ago. A few years back, Jen and I had a chance to visit the nation of Turkey. You know, we were traveling with a church group. We were following in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul, and it was an amazing journey. We learned about another culture and we, we got to go to see some of the places where some of the most exciting stories in all of the Bible happened. We went to the ancient city of Ephesus and we actually saw the very spot where a mob of angry Ephesians tried to tear the Apostle Paul limb from limb. It was, it was an incredible trip. It was a memorable journey. But if I'm being honest... This morning I have to tell you that for me the highlight of that trip the most memorable part of the journey had to be the food the food was awesome the food was incredible we had we had every kind of kebab you can imagine and and there were there were dishes that were made with eggplant and zucchini and garlic that I don't know what the name was but I ate every bit that they put in front of me there was baklava everywhere you looked it was it was just incredible every meal that we had as we were traveling through Turkey was memorable And every time we sat down to eat, every table we sat down at, there was in the middle of the table an enormous basket of bread. We never had a meal without bread as we were traveling through Turkey. Now, I didn't know this before I visited Turkey, but apparently Turkey is sometimes called the bread basket of the world. In Turkey, bread is called ekmek. and, And nobody in the world eats more bread than people in Turkey do. There's no such thing as a meal without bread in Turkey. The average person in Turkey eats 230 pounds of bread every year. 230 pounds, far and away the most per capita in all the world. And in Turkey, people don't just eat a lot of bread. They honor bread. They revere their bread. In Turkey, whenever a baker puts a loaf in the oven, as that loaf is going into the oven, the baker will say, bismillah, which means in the name of God. In Turkey, if you throw a piece of bread at somebody, that's Considered to be an insult, not to the person you threw the bread at. It's an insult to the bread itself that you threw. In Turkey, if somebody accidentally drops a piece of bread on the ground, they will immediately pick it up and then they will kiss the bread and they will apologize to the bread and then they will place the bread in a safer location. In Turkey, they have all of these rituals and customs and traditions around preparing bread and handling bread and eating bread. And the custom, the tradition that I love the most is a tradition called Askida Ekmek. If you go to a bakery in Turkey and you watch as people come in and out, at some point during the day you might see somebody come in and put down enough money for two loaves of bread. And then that person will say to the baker, I would like one loaf of bread and one Askida Ekmek. And so the baker will take the money. And the baker will give that person one loaf of bread. And then the baker will take a second loaf of bread and put it in a bag. And the baker will hang that bag on a hook behind the counter. And this is what askidaek mek means. It literally means hanging bread or hook bread. And then a little while later, you might see somebody else come into that bakery. And that person will walk up to the counter and will say to the baker behind the counter, is there anything on the hook today? And the baker will take down that, that loaf of bread from the hook and hand it over to that person. No money changes hands. No questions are asked. In Turkey, this is how people care for and feed their hungry neighbors and also preserve their dignity at the same time. In Turkey, if you are hungry, you don't need to go to a food pantry. You don't need to fill out any forms to prove that you're hungry. All you have to do is go to your neighborhood bakery and ask the baker behind the counter, is there any bread on the hook today? This is the tradition of Askidah Ekmek. I was thinking about this tradition. I was thinking about that hanging bread, that hook bread this week, as I was reflecting on this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. So right now we find ourselves in the middle of a series of messages in which we are learning about this prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples, this prayer that we sometimes call the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer. One day the disciples of Jesus saw that Jesus was praying. He was in conversation with God. Jesus, the Gospels tell us, often had conversations with God, often would go off and spend some time with God in prayer. And when Jesus came back from prayer that day, the disciples said to him, Teacher, tell us how we should pray. Teach us, Lord. Lord, teach us to pray in the way that you pray. And so Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. He taught them these words that we still say to this day, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Throughout this series of messages, we are looking at various pieces of this prayer. And each week, as we look at a different part of this prayer, we're asking the question, what was Jesus thinking? What do these words mean? Why does Jesus want us to pray in this particular way? And it turns out it's not always easy to get inside the mind of Jesus. It turns out that there is a moment in the Lord's Prayer where it is particularly hard for us to know what Jesus was thinking. There is a moment in the Lord's Prayer when it is particularly difficult for us to understand what Jesus means. When his disciples asked him, Lord, how should we pray? Jesus said, pray in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our, and at this moment in the prayer, as Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray, he uses a word, an unusual and strange and mysterious word. As he is teaching his disciples to pray, Jesus says, pray in this way, give us this day our, Epiusias bread. I don't often bring Greek into the sermons because people's eyes glaze over and their heads start to nod in the pews, but there's no way around it this week. You're going to get at least one word of Greek this morning. Give us this day our epiusias bread. You don't need to remember that word. You don't need to write it down. Here's the thing that you need to know about the word that Jesus uses in that moment. As far as we can tell, Jesus made it up. That word doesn't appear in any other ancient writings that have ever been discovered as far as we can tell nobody had ever spoken that word before jesus spoke it in that moment jesus would do this from time to time like william shakespeare as he was teaching he would just make up a word and this seems to be one of those words that jesus invented on the spot as he was teaching his disciples to pray and the problem with that is that nobody knew what he meant back then and nobody knows what he means today For close to 2,000 years now, followers of Jesus have been wrestling and trying to understand what we're supposed to be praying for, what kind of bread are we supposed to be asking God for. For almost 2,000 years now, Bible scholars have been arguing and debating, trying to figure out what on earth does that word mean. Give us this day our what kind of bread are we supposed to be praying for. Now, when I learned this prayer in Sunday school, our Sunday school teacher taught us to pray in this way. Give us this day our daily bread. That's still how I pray to this day. That's still how we say the Lord's Prayer when we say it together in worship. Give us this day our daily bread. And maybe that's exactly what Jesus meant. Maybe that's exactly what Jesus wants us to pray. It sounds like something that Jesus would say. After all, remember that Jesus one day said to his disciples, Do not worry about tomorrow. Consider the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. They don't worry about tomorrow. They don't punch a time clock, and yet God dresses them in the finest of clothes, and God gives them all the food they need to make it through the day. Be like the birds of the air, Jesus says. Learn from the lilies of the field. Do not worry about tomorrow, but trust in God for everything you need to make it through today. Maybe this is what Jesus had in mind when he said, give us this day our daily bread. Maybe that's exactly how Jesus wants us to pray. Then again, maybe not. There are many Bible scholars who say, you know, if that's what Jesus wanted us to pray, if he wanted us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he probably just would have said that. Back in those days, they had a perfectly good word that meant daily, and Jesus doesn't use it. Instead, he invents a completely new word, and so there are many Bible scholars who believe that we've been saying this prayer wrong for hundreds of years. There are many Bible scholars who believe that actually what Jesus wants us to pray is something more like, give us this day our super bread. Give us this day our wonder bread. That doesn't work as well as super bread. Go back to super bread. Wonder bread is not what Jesus wants us to pray for. Give us this day our bread that is more than ordinary bread. Maybe this is what Jesus wants us to pray. After all, remember that Jesus said to his disciples, do not seek after the bread that perishes. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Maybe this is the kind of bread that Jesus wants us to pray for. Maybe Jesus wants us to pray for the bread that satisfies not just the body, but also the soul. Maybe when we pray the Lord's Prayer, Jesus means us to be praying to receive nothing less than the presence of Jesus himself in our lives and in this world. Give us today our super bread. Give us today our bread that is really bread. Give us today the bread that is more than ordinary bread. Maybe that's what Jesus wants us to pray. Then again, maybe not. There are many Bible scholars who say, you know that weird word that Jesus uses, epiusias. it looks a lot like the Greek word that means tomorrow. And so maybe what Jesus wants us to pray is, give us today our tomorrow bread. Give us today our future bread. Maybe this is what Jesus wants us to pray. After all, remember, Jesus taught his disciples That when God's kingdom comes into this world, all of the children of God are going to be invited to sit down at a great heavenly banquet. And maybe what Jesus wants us to pray is essentially, God, let's get this party started. God, give us that heavenly bread. God, feed us. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Maybe Jesus wants us to pray, give us this day our tomorrow bread. I could go on all day. We could keep on going well into the afternoon just talking about various ideas and theories that people have about that what, what that weird word Jesus made up in that moment actually means. Did you ever wonder what pastors study when we go away to seminary? This is it. This is what we study. I took entire classes where we spent weeks just talking about the meanings of this weird word that Jesus cooked up. I wrote papers page after page after page exploring the various possible meanings of this one word that Jesus uses in this Lord's Prayer that he teaches his disciples. We could go on all day talking about the various meanings of this word, but I want to tell you at a certain point, During one of those classes, or maybe as I was writing one of those papers, at a certain point, I got to wondering if maybe, maybe in all of these hundreds of years of wrestling with the meaning of this word, and maybe in all of these hundreds of years of arguing and debating what this word means, maybe we have completely missed the point. Maybe in all of these years of trying to figure out what that word epiousias means, we have been focusing our attention in the wrong place. Maybe we all together have completely missed the word that Jesus actually wants us to hear in the Lord's Prayer. Maybe the most important word in the Lord's Prayer is not epiousias. Maybe the most important word in the Lord's Prayer is us. In this morning's gospel reading, Jesus gives his disciples a commandment that sums up the whole of the Christian faith, a commandment that sums up the whole of the Christian way of living. Jesus says to his disciples, I give you a new commandment that you should love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. In that moment, we can hear Jesus calling us to be something different than what we see around us as we look at the world. In that moment, we hear Jesus calling us to be we, us, our people in an I, me, my world. When Jesus calls us to be disciples, when Jesus calls us to be followers of the way of Jesus, Jesus is not calling us to a solitary journey. Jesus is not calling us to a solitary way of life. He is inviting us to be part of something that is bigger than ourselves. He is inviting us to be part of a community, part of a family, part of a fellowship of followers who are all trying to walk in the way of Jesus together. And there is a reason the Lord's Prayer begins the way it does. There's a reason why we don't start the Lord's Prayer by saying, My Father who art in heaven. Every time we say the words, Our Father even if we're praying them alone in the morning or late at night, even if we're saying those words as we are driving down the road in our car and nobody else is in the automobile with us, whenever we say those words, our Father, Jesus reminds us that we are part of something that is bigger than us. We are connected to all of these other people who are following Jesus together. We are part of a neighborhood, part of a community, part of a world that God loves. And we see that nowhere more clearly than in this moment in the Lord's prayer when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray in this way, Give us this day our daily bread. Take a moment to think about how different those words sound and if Jesus had taught his disciples to say, Give me this day my daily bread. What would happen if day after day, maybe multiple times a day, we were to pray to God, give me this day my daily bread? That kind of a prayer would not lead to the way of Jesus. That kind of prayer would not lead us closer to God. That kind of prayer would lead us to harden our hearts and become the kind of people who say, I don't care if my neighbor is hungry as long as I've got mine. But that is not how Jesus teaches us to pray. Jesus teaches us to pray in this way, give us this day, our daily bread, we are us, we, our people in an I, me, my world. And we are people who believe that God always honors and God always answers the prayer. Give us this day, our daily bread. Day after day, God pours blessings and abundance into this world. Day after day, God fills this world with everything, all of the bread that every bird of the air and every person walking the face of the earth needs. And if there is hunger among us, if there is hunger in our neighborhoods, if there is hunger in our communities, it's not because God has not answered this prayer. It's because we still haven't had the courage to walk in the way of Jesus. If there is hunger among us, if there is hunger in our communities, it's not because God isn't listening. It's because we are still I, me, my people who are trying to find a way into a we, us, our kingdom. If there is hunger among us, if there is hunger in our communities, it's not because God isn't paying attention when we say the words that Jesus taught us. It's because we spend so much time arguing about what the word epiusias means that we have completely forgotten to ask the more important question, which is, is there any bread on the hook today? Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us the courage to walk the we, us, our path, to follow in the footsteps, to walk in the way of Jesus. God, make us the kind of people who put bread on the hook. Share yourself with us when we need to take some bread off the hook. God, we pray that you would help us to find ways not only to feed our hungry neighbors, but also to preserve their dignity that they might be able to hold their heads up high and know that they are your beloved children. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.